Hi, I'm Akhilara. I'm Rohan Nahar. Welcome to The Long Take. This week we're discussing the new Avatar movie, which is like funny because this is Jane Cameron's first movie in 13 years. So I was wondering, Rohan, that we could have done been doing this podcast for like 12 years and we have never done like a James Cameron movie. It's <laughs> potential for like a podcast to have happened, but I guess we're lucky or depends on unlucky enough, uh, given what you made of the movie. Yeah, I loved it. Like, I think this is... Uh... This is the kind of uh, movie that they don't really make anymore, especially at this scale. So I'm very much I'm at the stage where I'm like anything that's non-Marvelly, I will enjoy. What makes this non-Marvelly for you? I mean, just 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 the in the simplest of you know the in a nutshell, uh, there is like a solid one-hour stretch where nothing happens except like just chill out vibes, <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was like I feel like I, I was like thinking about that as well I was like is that intentional by Cameron that you know that he just his second act is basically there is no story like he just wants to like showcase like oh look we're in a new biome now I'm just going to like show people interacting and look at the cool creatures and look at all the VFX money I've spent or is this because no, like he is. doesn't know he doesn't have a story to tell Of course he has a story to tell the fact that he uh, rushes through like 500 pages of story in like a voice over शुरू के दस मिनट में मीन्स दैट ही नोज एग्जैक्टली वॉट ही वॉन्ट्स टू डू लाइक ही कूड मेड अ मूवी आउट ऑफ जस्ट द वॉइस ओवर दैट जेक्स अली डज इन दी ओपनिंग ऑफ दिस मूवी राइट बट द फैक्ट दैट ही गेमिक टू गेट द्यूमन बैक या बट देन देर इज अ मूवी देर राइट बट ही चूज इज नॉट टू टेल दैट लाइक मेक दैट मूवी ही चूज इज टू मेक दिस मूवी विच इन्वॉल्व एंड स्ट्रक्चरली दिस मूवी एंड द फर्स्ट मूवी इज वेरी सिमिलर राइट इन द फर्स्ट मूवी ऑल्सो when jake is like learning the ways of the navi yeah. there's no action scene or anything right he's just flying around and we see like glorious yeah, because, vistas like, you're introducing us to the world for the first time right that's what he wanted to do like he wanted to like slowly mm. introduce like pandoras like oh look they have like creatures like this who we have to bond with you have like floating mountains we have this we have that wo same cheez phir se kiya isne but yeah, like longer because he like he almost like a it's like a soft reset right he just put them like in a yeah. new part of the same It's not even a planet. I think it's a moon. Which I feel it's also um, partially because thirteen years have passed. So not. I mean, we are watching. I'm assuming we watched the first movie in theaters. Hmm. But then there's going to be a huge chunk of the audience that did not right, and they watched yeah. probably they'll watch at it home. like probably like back to back. They like watch Avatar at hmm. home and then go watch Avatar in the. Theory. Yeah, and there, I like I know people who haven't seen the first movie at all, and they've gone to see this one, right? And this functions as. similarly like you yeah. watch it and you're like he is reintroducing you to this world and he is introducing you to this world as well and i think right. he has to be smart to do that because if you do not let your sequel which has come so far hmm. so many years after the first one then you sort of like hmm. losing a part of the audience right? there would be like kids who can watch this movie who were not born then <laughs> sure yeah so you better uh, make your movie in a way that it is welcoming which is why like they're re-explaining so many things like when You know the it's it works because like the Colonel Quartz, the villain sort of like is coming back as an avatar. Uh, mm. He needs to be explained to as well, like who his former self was. But in a way, mm. that's actually speaking to us as well because people who have never seen the first one would need to be told that well, what is the dynamic between the protagonist and the antagonist. The cool thing is that there is no dynamic, right? Because he's essentially a different character who functions similarly to that one. So it's it even if you um, kind of. find yourself uh, zoning out during those uh, narration voice over things the beginning mm. where they explain that this guy was like downloaded from like his consciousness <laughs> or whatever like you know like i 
tune out in those scenes right you you need to know just the bare minimum and you're good to go but even if you do uh then this functions as a purely like fresh character right it's not like he's motivated because of some personal vendetta right he's told ki ye banda insurgency lead kar raha and he has to be stopped right it's just yeah it's a very like mission oriented thing like and i don't hmm. yeah his earlier memories are just i think influencing like how he approaches things not like what he feels about this guy yeah that's just his personality which is kind of feeding into this is not really like any um and i felt that was smart like it you can wa- you can watch this movie cold and like just be in for the ride like it doesn't really matter although uh, what did work so with much colonel mm-hmm. for, for me was the other part is that because they that intentionally the other reason they gave him the memories was so that they could develop some kind of connection between him and the spider kid right which is like mm-hmm. his whatever the his biological human's child not his kid which mm-hmm. keeps mm-hmm. reiterating but eventually like they the movie pushes him to a point where he sort of like starts whatever connecting with him or like feeling for this kid and i was like mm. i don't really buy this like because the character is like out loud saying oh yeah like i don't he's not making him do whatever you want and then like you he's mm. also like they're trying to build like a dynamic between the two which mm. semi fell flat for me oh like i felt that was pretty like quintessential cameron right because he's obviously like that is the central theme of this movie right it's like mm. parents and children but yeah. most particularly fathers and children fathers and sons right and like it it's that's the thread that runs through all these characters so the moment they introduce spider as this guy's son you know that there's this is going to play into their dynamic and what i really liked about it was that all conventional wisdom leads you to believe that towards the end spider is not only going to help courage but like probably side with him and that's what they lean towards also that's what the movie suggests that he's going to you know change sides mm. uh but then it kind of doesn't do that which i felt was very interesting right because that's deliberate like he like spider is an interesting character because obviously he's going to be important probably in the next movie all these kids are going to be important in the next yeah, movie yeah like, which really that's like the idea to like build the kids yeah. into the future protagonists at some point yeah and i really like that you know they he didn't like outright commit to the factionalism in this film but he's hinting towards it like it's that luke thing um, and it's also like here it's it's influenced by the fact that uh he doesn't look like any of them right which is going to play a part in future movies as well as mm. that Mm. There's, there's always like, I mean, forget like the humans who don't look like them. That's why they're like all the scenes outsiders. Even mm. like Jake and Nathiri's children who look like them are like mm. labeled as outsiders. Right? They like they call like names by the Methina clan, and they're like, yeah, you like you have like five fingers. Like, why do you have five fingers? You don't have four. So like, there's that playing as level as well. So they're made to look like outsiders, mm. even though they look like them. And so obviously, like Spider is almost like a whole other category, right? Like he doesn't look mm. like them. So obviously, there's like a mutual distrust. between anyone who is navi and who is like human so that that obviously is going to play into a part in his feelings that right? he's even though he w- wants to be a part of this family he's never going to be fully made to allowed to be a part of this family uh i think yeah that's what makes spider uh, an interesting character because he doesn't feel like he belongs and that's probably going to like motivate whatever mission that he goes on in the next movie um although we just get like a tease of his internal conflict in this one which i thought was nicely done even though the character is very uh you know broadly kind of sketched out 
Yeah, but that's like that's also like true of uh, all the characters. Avatars, exactly. Characters in general, like hmm. there isn't like any character who's like given like layers and layers. They're kind of archetypes, right? All of them. Yeah. Or at least the the male characters. I I don't think that Cameron is. I mean, he has obviously famously written. Fi- uh, iconic female characters but mm. in this universe um i don't think like nathiri for example has much to do particularly in this film kate winslet drops by has nothing to do i thought like couldn't recognize that kate winslet was there for like a long while and I, then i was like i think midway through the movie like when the second act was like going on and on and on i was like wait mm. this movie supposed to have kate winslet right where is she <laughs> and then i was like okay <laughs> i'm going to try to identify whose voice is kate winslet I mean, yeah. it's kind of like interesting to think about it because it's completely pointless casting. It's not like you're casting Kate Winslet for Kate Winslet. But then that's like just two of anyone you cast in an Avatar movie, right? Like unless like True. if you're on the human side, uh, like Eddie True. Falco shows up like for another pointless role. Like sure, mm. why her mm. when they could have been anyone else? You could have paid like ten times less or something. I mean, yeah, I was like hilariously she forgot that she was. Like she didn't even know. Like, did you see that thing? Yeah, yeah, thing? I read about that. Like, I mean, which like, I mean, this is the point of the Avatar movies, I guess, is that <laughs> just take forever. <laughs> like, actors in in them, I uh, have no clue when the movie is coming out. <laughs> which like even uh, Spider, right? Like, I think when he was cast, he was like twelve, and he's eighteen now. <laughs> so I read somewhere that Cameron had to like uh, literally contact the New Zealand government to allow them to shoot during the pandemic. Uh, because the kid who was playing Spider was aging so fast that even if they'd waited like a year, right, he would have been. And he's like human. Aged out of the right? role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why like all the children shows happen very back to back productions, right? If they have multiple seasons, hmm. because yeah. they they can't wait. Like they are like before it like they age out and their voice breaks and stuff like that. Especially for live action, like they have to get hmm. stuff in the can. Yeah, and since like this kid has. He's like the only human presence in the in the Navi. Does world. that mean like the next movies then is like gonna have to like we do a forced time jump because like all the kids I'm guessing have aged out of their roles. All he just recast everyone. So no, here's my theory, right? So he said that uh, he's the third one's coming out almost certainly, right? Regardless of how yeah, this because it's does. been shot. It's literally like it's shot and shot. in post production. And he said that if in case he isn't able to make any more and this is the end the third one has like some amount like finale, of closure like, yeah, yeah. i feel like it's like the close closure like from what his comments i feel like it's the closure of like jake sully and nateri's story and then like he's leaving room to like expand on the kids storyline later yeah uh so like a three and four could have like a shift in actual protagonist and probably an even bigger jump in timeline like when the kids maybe become adults or something so yeah. basically i feel like the trilogy is basically like for these Jake. adults yeah. Yeah, for Jake yeah uh, yeah so that's what I feel is probably gonna happen like Jake's story is gonna conclude with whatever the next movie is hmm. probably gonna end with him dying right yeah if, this is how like blockbusters end or like even from what he's you know like the those stories that he's drawing from literally all of them were some like they have to die right like he's yeah. Moses Jesus Caesar <laughs> ape Everything. whatever yeah, it's like a thousand inspiration mixed in one. Like there's all, like there's a Hindu god stuff also going on, right? At least like on a thim- on a visual level. And the uh, the MacGuffin this time, it's no longer the unobtainium. It's something called literally Amrit. Yeah, which like I'm which sure is... will change in the third movie. I feel like every movie will have its <laughs> own like useless MacGuffin that no one cares about. Only the just to drive the plot forward. 
which in but this case it doesn't even drive the plot it shows up i think like 130 minutes in yeah and he's not taking it like he's not he's not joking around like he's taking it very seriously like pehle film mein unobtainium tha and now this like the requirements have changed so now it's this like what is it it's like the fountain of youth right yeah is what <laughs> yeah, because like the humans don't age if they get that. And he's playing it straight. Like there's no eye winking nonsense. Okay, ये तो बकवास है. Like ha ha ha, it doesn't matter. Like he, like for him, this is like as earnest as anything else in the movie, which I kind of admire also. And I mean, I don't want to like bring the RRR comparison, but that's <laughs> my belief. Why people seem to like that movie is for similar reasons because it's so earnest. There's no. sense that they're undercutting their own you know reality that they've set yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're taking everything seriously james cameron is not like making a marvel movie or anything like yeah. he believes in his world like which is why like even the the thematic stuff out of it like even when it's mm. like with jake and everything like there's no one like you know like standing next to him doing like comic relief stuff it's only there's no comic it's frame. so refreshing right which is like nice i like it like you have to take yourself seriously first right which is why If which like I think works if your writing has more depth like I mean the the family and father side of it just like bounced off my head I'm like this is so like basic like he the, mm. says it says it twice right Jake sorry I think once near the beginning and then once near the end where he's like a father protects that is mm-hmm. his purpose and I'm just like mm. bro stop like this is so traditional so like. Whatever twenty nineteen century like family roles. I'm just like I can't deal with this. Like this is your cap. Like after having your own kids or whatever f- four kids that Cameron has, mm. this is what he could drill da- it down to. Like that's his understanding of like fatherhood. I think that is actually his understanding of fatherhood. And this is his way of sad un- like really yes it is. And the, the movie is about that, right? The movie is him acknowledging that this his way of parenting is obsolete and. Not ideal, but I'm not sure about that. I'm not like I don't. I think I'm ready to give like Cameron credit for that. I feel like mm-hmm. literally his understanding stops there. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's up for debate whether or not he expands on this realization. Right. But the very the fact that he has this realization and no, don't forget that you know Jake Sully is a marine, right? Mm. So this would probably be the only way that he knows how to. address situations you know like yeah he, but in he, my mind that was like a deflection i feel it feel like a deflection that you know like cameron is showing that mm-hmm. oh no this character is thin but whereas mm-hmm. to me it seems like cameron's writing is thin okay i mean i felt that yeah it's 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 very much a movie about cameron himself um and just him struggling to kind of express what he feels like there is like obviously jake sully loves his kids right mm. there's no doubt about that It's just the way how how he expresses his love is just yeah, which is weird. Like his kids like don't say like yes, papa. They say yes, sir. Yeah, which is like it's a it's a literally there, like right. military drilling has happened throughout mm. the family. He is a drill sergeant, right? Yeah, and and when Nitaim dies, like Nitiri has like a he she's mother's like reaction, like she's furious, right? She yeah. goes like she goes like beast mode, mm. but he snaps right back into the 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 marine that he is, right? He's he's formulating like, a plan. Because like at at one level, he's literally treating his children like his Soldiers. deputies, yeah. But then once the once the rescue mission following Nitaim's death, there is like this entire emo flashback montage, which is so Cameron, right? Where he's like. Recalling Nitaim's life from when he was like born, and then their bonding moments. Basically, together. the scenes that we were shown in the beginning, yeah. हाँ, तो वो फिर से होता है, which I'm guessing is like 
a suggestion that he is changing or transforming because he hasn't had literally any any time to grieve his death like he was the first one who almost kind of instantly buried the reality of what was happening like mm. i don't think he actually recognized that he has lost a son in that moment because he had two other children to save uh but then the assumption is with that like whatever as we said like it's soldier training like you you mm. you he's been taught mm. his life to like drilled in a such a way that like you have to mm. even if you lose like a colleague on the battlefield you have to like mm. stay in focus for on the mission mm. i felt that jake sully was a more interesting character in this film than the last film which might seem odd because he has so little to do plot wise but i think like the character benefits from the fact that he's surrounded by like characters who like he cares for now right the first film mm. he was almost like the audience thrown into the world like he didn't matter as much as he was like a vessel for us to see the world through yeah and he it was very much like him learning the ropes you know and in this one it's you know 10 years have passed so it's interesting to kind of see him uh struggle with his navi side and the human side also like it's it's fun to see where the human side kicks in and where the navi side kicks in mm. and the overlaps so i thought that was nicely done um but then all of this you know has collateral damage which i felt was like the last movie was also a romance which is none of that is in this one like nateri is like just a very tertiary character in this one which i felt was a little disappointing but then yeah, you have like the, like the romance instead they're shifting to like either romance is shifting to younger characters right? like they're trying mm-hmm. to build them for the future movies as we spoken about so obviously mm-hmm. they're like have to start building relations among them as well if we need to like mm-hmm. care about them in the future like especially so, between uh, the kids of the Metkina clan and the Jake Sully's kids ha and i think uh, like in the days after watching this movie i've kind of thought about more of uh, you know the brickling that he's he's doing here for the future yeah. but while watching it f- didn't really stand out like it's just in hindsight like in a in a marvel movie you can you can tell that while watching black panther wakanda forever you know that riri williams is supposed to have her own show and ye wo like feels very like you could cut that entire storyline out and the movie wouldn't hurt right but here while watching this film i didn't really recognize the that's possibly because like he's tying it in on two levels right the first level is mm. like he's hiding the the budding friendships and the romances that are happening with the mm-hmm. teenagers but he's putting the second layer of that is while you are seeing the pandora's oceans and islands being explored so it's mm-hmm. the character moments happen during the said like exposition moments so it's in a way so i guess disguised or hidden it's like nice to disguise also i feel that there is payoff to whatever he sets up individually in this movie and that kind of helps on that account um but yeah like you said like the 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 character work which is the my favorite part of the the movie is that hour long stretch in which nothing happens <laughs> is vital right because you spend so much time with these people like last week when you were talking about emancipation or oh, that's what i was wondering you're spending so much time with this one character and he but he's just throwing him into sense. such a sort of situation and here also they're doing things like they're going for swimming lessons right but yeah. as compared to like fighting massive battles that's nothing so instead you see them like exchange glances these guys are like blue aliens but you 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 recognize when they exchange glances you recognize when kiri kind of discovers that she is at home in the water right mm. and you and you get a sense of all that and then not to mention the 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 friendship that what's his name the son loak 
Hmm. Forms with the whale. Yeah, there's literally like I mean, out of the forty-five, whatever fifty-minute like second arc, there's hmm. a sizable chunk devoted to that, right? Like the first time they drop him off in that side of like the ocean, and then he's like hmm. attacked by, uh, hmm. whatever the shark whale thingy, and uske hmm. baad again like he goes back, and then again he's like this is like it's almost like a three mini three-act structure of like his friendship with that outcast whale. uh hmm. tool cool whatever the local name uh payakan in, in inside the bigger movie so my i've been trying to convince whoever is listening or whoever's willing to listen to me <laughs> that the whale is the protagonist of I this mean, movie the whale is definitely the protagonist of the third act right like that's not <laughs> even arguable like i mean it's not, you can't even argue, argue against that because it's literally the action for at least hmm. i think like a sizable like probably like 2 3 minutes is literally framed from the whale's point of view as the whale huh. takes revenge and saves the human beings who are like have gotten pushed mm. into a corner and that was mm. probably my like favorite part of the film is that they turned like a and what it's a non-humanoid figure mm. and literally made them like the hero right it's like the when the hero barges in like punches a Han bunch Solo. yeah so he punches a bunch of dudes and then saves the day like that moment happened with that whale mm. and for the first time in my ever in my like in my life in, at a cinema an audience mm. was cheering for a whale, for a whale. action exactly and that is my entire argument for this movie right in my yeah but like i don't see enough of that across the movie which is why like i'm not as enthusiastic about about it was you but like those like mm. i think the the third act is definitely the highlight of the movie and then within mm. that uh the co- choreography and the cinematography of like you know he's the way he goes under the surface and comes above the surface again and again and the way he like mm. flits between that that is obviously a massive improvement like having seen black panther like last month i was like okay yeah this is what ryan coogler needed to do but obviously he doesn't have the understanding of that you know like the, the thought understanding nahi hai aur paisa nahi hai aur time nahi hai paisa to hai come on this like disney's funding both these things uh it's just like the conceptualization right like i mean i saw that like the he moved the climate battle to like ryan coogler onto the ocean mm. i was like oh this is a great opportunity like you can do something refreshing and new which you haven't mm. done and he's just disappointed and like an avatar to like cameron shows how to like do a good uh action long action sequence on water and within yeah, that because... as i said they highlighted mm. the whale moment there's so much in the third act right so yeah. there's the the larger action set piece which is happening right which is Cameron is one of the few who can do that like I think along with Ridley Scott or John Woo or someone right mm. who where you get the sense of the geography which is very important in movies like this you know it's so many moving parts uh, you you get a perfect understanding of who's where and what they have to achieve mm. uh, once that is done he does the wise thing of putting all that aside and focusing on teen char log yeah right and he's able to do that because he's done all the groundwork right he's able to deliver that emotional payoff with the whale because he's spent so much time building up yeah he's literally the whale has been talking in like papyrus subtitles to us to us for like a yeah. long time <laughs> and like literally we see the world through the even the whale's eyes like the entire yes, world goes do. like sepia and like sub- subtitles appear and like okay like we're doing this now whale cam और सबटाइटल भी क्या है व्हेन व्हेन लोआक आस्क्स हिम टू टेल हिम हिज स्टोरी द वेल्स लाइक नो इट्स टू सैड लाइक दैट इज लिटरली व्हाट ही सेड आई एम लाइक देयर इज यू आर डीलिंग विद सबटाइटल लाइक दैट इज इट ऑल फेस वैल्यू एंड दैट इज व्हाट आई डिग अबाउट दिस मूवी राइट एंड 
going back to you know what you said about the cheering the cheering works because the whale is a fully fleshed out character right yeah in my screening people cried when nitem died and nitem not even a character he's just there <laughs> but by the end you're so invested in the story you're like oh my god this kid has died right and then you kind of remember that that's the first thing that we saw in this movie hmm. like he's laid it up we saw that kid being born right even though we know nothing about him uh all that is so meticulous you know nothing is wasted you get the sense that ek ghanta us logo ne kuch nahi kiya they just went for a swimming lesson <laughs> but even that is important like which is the which is i guess where the classic storytelling comes in right he's so sure about the story that he wants to tell and he's so confidently telling it like there's no way that you could go wrong and that's like my whole admiration for both these movies in fact that's where it comes from you know oh, the first like, one i am hmm. very much divided on okay what yeah. was like what was the issue with the first one it's basically i think avatar 2's issues i think which i have it just expanded is this like even the no story the no characters mm-hmm. like two like black and white moments uh like mm-hmm. two opaque like two in your face mm-hmm. and the action itself i think which is good because, but that's only because in comparison to the other elements mm-hmm. way like i felt like in terms of at least like overhype in terms of what it earned but it doesn't it's not like a valuing of that but mm-hmm. very okay movie for me so like i okay. bad, like avatar was definitely an improvement on that but mm-hmm. it's still like it's an improvement on that it's not like a great movie in itself for me mm-hmm. i mean i don't know like both the the massive like mainstream hollywood action movies this year that i've kind of enjoyed uh is this one and top gun right and i feel like both of them are very similar in terms of how elemental they are uh, yeah but top gun like as we discussed i felt like that was so much more like precise and drilled like i understand what like cameron is going for out there too but mm-hmm. eventually mm-hmm. like like it's i feel like see what i would drill it down to is like for me movies like which are great i can rewatch them once mm. every like six months or once every year in my life mm-hmm. so top gun is a movie it's so dread like it's so precise i can rewatch it like if you told me like right now but after that mm-hmm. if you told me like okay i was not right now cuz i've only seen it like one week ago but even if you like in five months time you were like okay now do you want to rewatch it i'll be like i'm not mm. so sure if i want to go through like three hours of that again but but i do i i mean i'm not sure if i will want to watch all three hours of it immediately at one at you know at some point i might but then i do think i will watch portions of it for sure um mm. like i will i i do want to see how the underwater stuff translates to you know whatever your home device a smaller is. screen yeah which yeah. by the way another talking presentation i guess we should talk about talk about the, the presentation, presentation of the yeah. movie like which i did you... not know by the way going into it i so think it... i read like somewhere briefly where cuz I, i don't think i read like a direct reference but i read that he was talking about like hfr in general like high frame rate and is he was saying like, that he's mixing it up right yeah, in like some shots yeah like his opinion of it he, i read it i didn't read hmm. like how the movie was actually like presented hmm. and then But it I started like uh, every uh, every hfr movie you'd have to have like dedicated screenings jo ki impossible like india mein to kahan hi hoga so it wasn't even something on my horizon no but the thing is like in the time since the hobbit movies in the first avatar movie which is like hmm. i think the hobbit movie itself like it's been 10 years now uh and gemini man yeah that was like recent but i don't think i think they never mm. attempted to bring it that's the difference mm. like cameron is so like he's particular right he's like nolan like if mm. he's m- made a choice he's going to ensure that the entire world can see it that way and um, it's mm. possible so gemini when the, i think angry just like threw away control he was like take at the studio will do it 
and mm. i know like like from people who worked at panamount in india that they tried to do it in india but they like couldn't figure it out easily easily and they gave up mm. uh but in this case obviously clearly cameron has like what he done is like even like other so thing is now india's mostly like digital projectors right we have no film mm. forget mostly all its mm. digital projectors mm. and what he's basically done is that even normal projectors which are like are capable of 48 fps but can't like switch and stuff mm. even those projectors can handle it because it's like being played what basically happens is the 24 frame wala footage the dialogue scenes mm. every frame will just be played twice mm. so it will look 24 even though it's 48 So that's oh, why he true. he's achieved it. So I don't know. I haven't gone to a normal screen. I've only seen it once in IMAX. So I can't vouch mm. for this. But mm. it should work in most screens because of that approach. Okay. So I watched it in regular 3D. Okay. I didn't watch it in IMAX. And it worked for you, right? Like you you could notice the difference between action and dialogue. Yeah. 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 yeah so like clearly and it's working. So when it happened the first time, it I recoiled like physically. I went like, <laughs> what the hell was that? Because I've never seen it, right? I've never seen. High frame rate. We've never had it here. Yeah, if I have seen high frame rate, I've only seen it on like TV for like sports. I've never seen it like in, on a big screen, and obviously Correct. I've never seen switching happen. Hmm. So it's. I mean, it, at the beginning, it 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 it's it's kind of disorientating, right? Yeah, it's very you, jarring. Yeah, it you don't get because there's no like motive. It's like the again not to bring up emancipation, but there's no clear. Ideas to why certain scenes like you get this idea that hardy kids they're flying now so it's high frame rate, hmm. um, but then there's no they're not it's not always high frame rate when they're flying right so it's just so yeah and it's not always like shots s- standard frame rate when they're talking like so he will sometimes switch multiple times during hmm. a scene and that just yeah. I was like what is happening why are Which you doing that Which is crazy that? so and so here's my question. All the underwater stuff is high frame rate, and it's it's amazing, right? Everything underwater is amazing in this movie because mm. of the high frame rate and the whatever advancements in three D that yeah. we've had in the last whatever years, right? But would it have worked better if only the underwater stuff was high frame rate, and he saved it for those moments when they take that first dive, or do you think that he's kind of Teaching you how to watch it in those random shots leading up to the underwater thing is that deliberate? Like I'm guessing it is, right? Yeah, but like I'm still like unsure if like this is the right call. Like overall, like I'm not mm. sure presenting a movie in two different frame rates is the correct way to go about anything because the only where or uh, before mm. this movie I had seen mm. cut scenes and people talking to each other uh, mm. in high frame rate was in video games, right? Like because because of new age like graphics cards. The PS5 mm-hmm. and whatever, even if you have a good enough PC, you can output like mm. new age, like 4K video games mm. at like whatever 60 FPS or I think 50 FPS or whatever. So like, mm. I've seen those cut scenes, and the thing is because of Avatar, like Cameron's choices with Avatar, where he's like doing motion capture plus plus a lot of CGI, it looks like a video game. Like it's not, it's it's live action, mm. but it looks closer to a video game because of like all the blue Navi stuff around it. So There's like no my. Blur. Yeah, so my my constant like like almost like in a way annoyance, which like I mean, which happened during the movie was like I was like, wait, am I like watching a video game? And then I would ex- my brain would expect to be like pressing buttons because the mm. scene is ending and like I have to do some action. But instead, mm. the dialogue scene would just like convert to action, and I would just like not be playing it. And I'm like, what is going on? Like this is very like just like it's te- it's like making me aware I'm in a movie theater, which like you don't want. So I think I'm still not sure this is the correct way to. Like, I feel like he's going to do the same thing as he already shot Avatar three. 
so which means mm-hmm. we'll get this this the same thing but if he hasn't shot avatar 4 i think he needs to like listen to like reactions for how audiences are doing and recalibrate hmm i agree with what you're saying but i think i experienced that only with the uh like land and air portions hmm. like i felt that this stood out and didn't really flow with the flow with the visuals of the movie but the moment that they went underwater it all felt hyper real uh, and i did not get the sense that i'm i'm watching a video game or i did not get the sense that i'm in a movie theater i felt like i was in the pool right hmm. which is i'm guessing what they were going for yeah, like they wanted to but like feel like you're would, in the I water think- that would like have worked for me as well like that emotion mm. i think if he but like i'm also not sure because i've never seen a full movie in hfr but like if he had mm. kept 48 fps throughout then that mm. emotion would never break for me because then it would just be smooth it would there would be yeah. more like yeah yeah, yeah. switching in the movie would be back break. and forth mm. so i think that way it would be better but then i'm not sure mm. how it works when you see like dialogue scenes and just normal conversation scenes in hfr like what does Do I be okay with that, or does it feel like just I don't watching think, real no, life? No, no, it does. It doesn't feel okay. It doesn't feel okay when. So, I'm assuming that in when you're underwater, the the movement is slower, right? Hmm. Like yeah, because your, you, phys- your hmm. human bodies or Navi bodies can't like move the as fluidly or as quickly. Yeah, and that is crucial to kind of reading the high frame rate in a way that doesn't break your brain. Whereas when they're above ground, they're moving. it's like it's almost like you're watching iphone footage right yeah and that is not like we have been trained to accept 24 frames per second as the cinematic language mm. and it's i don't know if it's easy to kind of break that illusion in our brains i'm sure if every movie is made in every movie FPS, then yeah we just you just get retrained hmm but abhi you can't do it by this method which is like stops and starts right you either go f- whole hog or you or you or you pick your things like which i think if he restricts it to the underwater stuff it's fine it's not even jarring it's actually immersive but then this strategy is but the thing in, is like not mm-hmm. every movie is going to be in pandora's oceans right like they will keep changing so yeah. then how does he keep no, he redefining the language of like where is he going to apply it yes which, which i think he's he's just applying mm-hmm. it like wherever he feels like there's a lot of like mm-hmm. camera or character movement quickly yeah like the flight sequences in particular they do not work in high high frame rate at all um there's not a lot of it i think this is a handful of shots but none of them worked um it in fact felt fake uh which is not probably what they want right because hmm. he's like th- in this movie particularly that some of the close ups like it feels like makeup not digital makeup like it feels like actually someone sat on painted people's <laughs> faces which is really cool Um, but yeah, it is. It does feel like uh, you know, like probably eighty years ago when they started experimenting with color or sound, and then three D. Uh, it wasn't a smooth transition, and it wasn't uniform throughout the movie. Like all those things happen in in bursts, um, and it feels very much like that. So yeah, yeah, it feels like a work in progress. I think that's pretty. It feels like a work in yeah. progress. Uh, but that being said, you know the underwater stuff is like incredible. So yeah, yeah, guess that does it. Yeah, I will watch it again probably in IMAX this time. I couldn't get tickets <laughs> for IMAX. Um, but yeah, in a week or so. Hmm. Okay then. Yep. That's all for this episode of the Long Take. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at the Long Take Pod. 
you can write to us at thelongtapepod at gmail.com. Uh, please leave us a rating and a review with uh, this episode and we will see you next week. Actually, we will see you again this week given how late we have been with this episode. Goodbye.